Welcome to Your Path to Real Wealth, where we explore how to cultivate real wealth, which is so much more than money. It's the sum quality of our values, relationships, health, sense of purpose, time, charitable giving, legacy, and more. Your path to real wealth begins now. Welcome to Your Path to Real Wealth. I'm Benjamin Cummings from Blue Barn Wealth, and I'm here with my co-host, Jeff Brimhall. Uh, we're glad to be with you today, and today's going to be a little different, that we don't have a guest on, that we want to have a discussion just about comprehensive financial planning, what it is and, and why it's valuable, and we thought to kick it off, it might be helpful to tell a story. So a few years ago, I remember waking up one morning and feeling a lump on the back of my head that I I don't I, I didn't have before. I don't remember feeling it before. I remember just thinking, is this cancer? Like, do I have a tumor? Do I have do I have cancer that that's forming on my head? And as I'm starting to process that question and trying to decide what the next steps are, my next you know, just instinctive question was, I don't think I have enough life insurance. And I remember after thinking that realizing that is not a good response for a financial advisor to be thinking, to say, hey, this is somebody who who teaches and and practices financial planning as a profession to say, hey, I, I don't know that I have enough life insurance. So I remember thinking in that moment, enough life insurance not is it isn't just the analysis of making sure we have enough of the the coverage, but it's also that comfort level of saying, hey, if I've if I feel like I I may be at the end, Am I ready? Like, do I feel like I'm ready? Not just mathematically, does it do the numbers seem to make sense? So those are the types of things that financial planning is trying to prevent, is to have, to make sure that we're feeling comfortable and prepared, regardless of what life circumstances may throw at us. So we don't have those moments that we can feel at comfort, uh, we can feel comfortable and prepared, regardless of what, what uh, circumstances in life comes at us. So that's what we want to talk about today is what is comprehensive financial planning? What's its value? Why why should we uh, engage in financial planning? And, and what does that look like? So Jeff, maybe to kick us off, maybe you could address that first question. What is comprehensive financial planning to you? And why should we have one? Yeah, thanks, Benjamin, for sharing your story. And I'm glad that that uh, lump on the back of your head wasn't cancer and that you're still with us. And you had a but chance thank you. to get all the life insurance that you needed. Maybe let's just talk briefly about uh, how many people actually have a plan? Because Schwab did a survey in back in 2000, uh, in 2021, and they showed that only 33% of Americans actually have a written financial plan, which is pretty crazy. So you're not alone. When you were worried about your life insurance, there's a lot of people out there that if they woke up with a lump on the back of their head, they wouldn't know if they had enough life insurance or had a plan in place for them for whatever may happen after that. And uh, some of the reasons people gave for not having a financial plan is because they didn't think they have enough money to even plan for. They thought that they weren't wealthy enough or had enough assets to even make a plan, or they felt like they didn't have enough time, or it was too complicated. So hopefully the things we talk about today will help people understand that there's not a certain amount of money you need to make a plan, and it doesn't have to take that much too much time, and it doesn't have to be that complicated that working with an advisor like Blue Barn Wealth or others that you can put a plan in place without too much time and complication that can help you feel comfortable in case you wake up and find that uh, life turns out slightly differently than what you were expecting. I think one of the other things that, that highlights, Jeff, is part of the value of the, the plan is that it's dynamic, 
that as life circumstances change, we can change the plan. But I think sometimes people feel a little rigid of like, wow, I don't know what the future is going to bring. It's like, well, that's why we plan is we build a plan and then we adjust that as we go. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Most people feel like I don't want to commit. I don't, I don't know what my goals are. I don't know what I want my future to be like. And they get a little concerned that uh, it's, it's, if they write it all down, that it may change, or maybe it, uh, holds them accountable to something that they're not sure that they can accomplish. And there's a lot of emotional commitment, I think that goes into writing something down and creating a plan and people may feel a little scared of that commitment. So one of the other things along these lines that I think of in terms of what is comprehensive financial planning, I, I see a lot of value in just bringing all the aspects of your financial life into one place. And that's something that we talk about doing for our clients is, is making uh, uh, it easy that if you need to, you have access to every all the information that you need in case of an emergency. You know, I think a great example is that I, I, I tell my wife now, uh, now that we've got things in place and everything, is, hey, if I die, uh, call Blue Barn Wealth because they they know what the plan is. It's all documented. They they have it available. So she doesn't have to worry about what happens if if I'm gone, that the plan's in place, it's documented, it's shared so that others know it uh, and that they can figure out, okay, what does life look like now that, that I'm gone as, as an example? And so I, I like that, that part of it is just having it all in one place that we don't have to try and go find things in case of an emergency. Yeah, I think one of the key benefits of having a financial plan is that simplifying your life, organizing it, putting everything in one place, you know where to find it. People aren't hunting for documents and not sure what assets you own or where to find them or what insurance you had um, that might apply or may not apply, um, what the plans are, uh, if something were to happen or not. It's all in one place and you can go find it. So I believe one of the greatest benefits that we provide clients with giving them a comprehensive financial plan and the technology to access that is to help organize them, to help simplify and give them the peace of mind that comes from knowing, hey, I know where to go look and see everything that I have. I know where to go get the documents that I need if something were to happen. I know who to call um, or who to have my spouse call if something happens. And so I would agree with that, Benjamin. You know, as we think about the benefits of financial planning, I, I often think in terms of both the, the quantitative factors. I think because we're dealing with finances and money, I think it's easy to kind of default to the idea that, well, I, I need to look at, does it financially make sense to create a financial plan, to hire an advisor, et cetera? And so it's easy to kind of focus on those quantitative factors. But I think also an important part of this is those qualitative factors is what are the benefits of engaging in financial planning in, in hiring a financial advisor beyond just the financial considerations. And I think that peace of mind and that simplification is a big benefit is it's, it's having comfort in knowing that you have a plan in place and that you're more living your plan rather than wondering and always fretting over whether or not things are going to work out. Well, you have a plan that's adjustable and dynamic and we can make changes as we need, but that peace of mind and that comfort and in, in knowing that you're, you're headed in the direction you're wanting to go, I think is incredibly valuable, even though it's really hard to quantify what that value would actually look like. Yeah. So maybe let's talk specifically about what's involved in a financial plan, how someone can get started, what process we take clients through in order to create a financial plan. 
um, and what that looks like when we're done. So maybe just to give, you know, to start off the conversation and feel free to jump in at any time. But our, our goal when we meet with a client is to really learn about them. Like we don't have a, a set or standard financial plan that we put together for everybody. We customize the financial plan to the individual client, uh, but it is comprehensive in the sense that we want to take a look at everything about that client from their assets to their insurance to all the everything that they currently have in place and the things that they, you know, their current behavior, how much they're currently saving and all of that. And then we want to make recommendations based on where they want to ultimately end up and the goals that they have, make recommendations to help them get there. And so we have a whole discovery process where we ask questions specific uh, to their future goals and desires and dreams so that we can understand you know, where do we want to ultimately end up? Where does the client want to ultimately end up? And then we can put a, you know, a map in place, a plan in place to help us, to help us get there. Benjamin, I know you teach a capstone class at the university and uh, you're the director of the master's program. And so you're teaching students how to create financial plans and maybe give us from your perspective, both in, as an advisor, working directly with clients and as someone who teaches students how to create financial plans on some of the key pieces of a comprehensive financial plan. Yeah, thank you. I, I think one of the foundational pieces that you just talked about, Jeff, was, is the goals, is what are the goals of the client? And one of the things that I like to discuss in our capstone class is I pose the question to our students, what is the role of the advisor in helping clients craft their goals? And as we discuss, ultimately, the conclusion that we typically reach is along the lines that it, it really depends on the client and where they are in their process of figuring out what they want themselves. Sometimes clients may not understand what's possible. And so part of the advisor's role is helping them figure out what's feasible. Part of it may be helping them understand that they don't have to fit their goals and their objectives into some preconceived box or notion of saying, well, Everybody retires at 65, right? So shouldn't I be aiming to retire at 65? That There is no set path that somebody has to take. And so I think part of the role of that advisor is helping peel back the expectations that maybe shouldn't be there or, or don't need to be there. So I think a big part of this is, is the goals that, that commonly coalesces around retirement, education funding for kids, and what kind of a legacy they might want to leave either to their children or to charity. Uh, but it could include other things. Uh, maybe it's considering weddings for kids. It often in, includes travel, but doesn't have to. Uh, people often have this, again, preconceived notion that retirement involves travel and, and has to involve travel, but it doesn't. Some people may not, may, maybe they don't want to travel. That's not something that's part of their vision of what retirement looks like. And that's okay that we want to craft this plan according to what they want. A big part of these goals also involves giving is what does that look like? Is that, is that giving resources? Is that giving time? Is that giving domestically? Is that giving internationally? Uh, and so helping people figure out what is it that they really want, I think is a big part of this. And something that I often tell my clients also is help the clients dream that I think one of the, the fun things about being an advisor is helping clients dream about what might be possible. Again, given the, their limited resources, that's what we're doing is we're planning within the, the constraints of the resources that they have or will have throughout their life. But that I, I love the idea of helping clients accomplish things that they otherwise didn't think were possible in their lifetime. 
And I think that's one of the, the, the big benefits as well is all about those, those goals that we can accomplish. Yeah. And I uh, like to go through a process, especially with a married couple where I ask them a series of questions and I have each of them write down what their answer is independently on a piece of paper and ask them the series of questions and ask them not to look at each other's answers and not answer you know, together. And then we go back through and have them read their answers. And it's fun because a lot of times they haven't even thought about these questions before and they haven't come up with a plan together. And so it's fun for each of them to be able to hear what the other person thinks and write it down. And one of the questions I like to ask Benjamin to your point is what are one or two things that you would like to accomplish in your lifetime that you don't think are possible? And just get them to start to reach out there and think bigger than what they've normally thought and think, man, if, if I could, you know, if I wasn't limited by the resources that I have, this is something I'd really, really like to do. And then part of what we can do is figure out, is there a way to put a plan in place? Is there a way to uh, help them invest or save or change some of their current behavior such that we can make what they currently think impossible, possible in their life? And if we can do that for people, it brings so much satisfaction to allow them to accomplish even more than they thought they were capable of doing. You know, I think an example of that, Jeff, is, uh, you know, one of my students this semester, they were working on this plan for some some of their their pseudo clients that we provide real financial plans in our, our class, obviously for educational purposes, and we keep confidentiality and everything. But with these, these students, they were working with the, this couple who have some really good pensions, but they were very worried about being able to retire. They thought they'd, they'd have to work the rest of their life. And I said, you know, I think some of that might help is, is calculating an estimate of what the, the current present value is of what their pensions are going to be worth, what their pensions are worth in the future. Because I don't think they're really understanding the value that they actually have accumulated because of where they work, that they've got these great pensions. And so in their final presentation, they shared, they said, hey, as we calculate, we looked at what you're expecting to, to receive from social security for each of you and your pensions for both of you, that we're estimating that to be worth $2.7 million in it, it, it today, that you're sitting on this, this essentially a nest egg of $2.7 million. And I, I just think to me, like that can be empowering to somebody to realize we don't have much saved. We don't have a whole lot of resources. So we kind of have this perception of, I don't know how this is ever going to work because we just haven't done great at saving to then turn around and say, no, you've actually got almost $3 million worth of, of value that is going to be coming to you in your retirement years. What does that, what does that feel like? What does that look like? And then suddenly it's a, it's a complete paradigm shift to help them understand that my circumstances are very different than what I originally thought. Yeah, I think helping people understand, you know, what they have and what they need uh, and how, you know, they bridge that gap is the key aspect. And that's cool, that story about the pension. And uh, it's hard to put a value on lifetime income that's going to last no matter how long you live. That's one of the key things we try to help put in place for clients is uh, the comfort level to know no matter how long I live, I'm going to have enough money uh, and I'm not going to outlive my money. I'm going to have enough income coming in to fund my expenses and goals throughout my retirement. So a pension is a great way to do that. And we have lots of other ways to do it as well. Maybe let's, now that we've talked about goals, let's move on and talk about some of the other parts of a comprehensive financial plan. So just to list some of them off, we have investments. So deciding how you invest, what types of investments you use, 
uh, for different types of goals, whether that's for funding for college or whether that's for long-term retirement or even buying a different home, structuring the investments to meet those needs, provide income or growth, whatever it may be, taxes and tax strategies, uh, insurance and risk management, making sure you have the right level of insurance. As Benjamin mentioned in his story at the beginning, whether that's property and casualty, life insurance, disability, and then also estate planning, making sure that what happens to your assets after you die um, is in line with what you would like to have happen. And then other topics such as business planning. So these are all different aspects of a comprehensive financial plan. And it really incorporates a lot of things. And maybe Benjamin, which of those things would you like to dive into and maybe ex explain a little more? Uh, maybe to key in a little bit on the, the taxes and tax strategies. That's another spot where I think engaging in this planning process can add a lot of value because taxes are something that we all pay or we're all involved in, but understanding the tax code is a way to help minimize those taxes. And so I think it's really thrilling to be able to find some ways to help clients minimize their taxes, whether it's it's the, if they're if they're giving, are there ways that we can help them give more efficiently? If if we see their tax return, it's looking at their return and, and thinking, are there ways for us to maximize deductions or credits to be able to reduce the taxes that they they pay? Maybe it's thinking about their their anticipated income over the course of their life and thinking about are there periods of their life that are going to that they're they have a lower income need that would allow us to do some. Uh, partial Roth conversions, as an example, to help minimize their lifetime taxes. And so I think a lot of these tax strategies involve, sometimes it's it's just the here and now, this year, or the next couple of years, what can I do to minimize taxes? But sometimes it's more multi-year or even multi-decade long projections, thinking about when would be the strategic times to incur more taxes so that over the course of our whole life, we can end up paying less taxes overall. So I, I think taxes are a big part of this just so we can save more in taxes to use those resources to other purposes. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, maybe plan each year for their taxes. They may even meet with their accountant towards the end of the year to say, how much am I going to pay in taxes this year? But I think very few people are planning out you know, over the next five years or 20 years or the rest of my life, how much am I going to pay in taxes? And when is the optimal time to pay those taxes? And deciding over that entire time period, when they're going to make different decisions, whether that's saving or conversion of savings or whatever it may be to help minimize those taxes over their life. Um, I think that's a great service that's provided in a comprehensive financial plan that you know anyone who doesn't have one is more planning from year to year on their taxes instead of holistically over their lifetime. I like that. Jeff, do you want to dive a little bit into investments and how that fits into the comprehensive financial plan? Yeah. I mean, so one purpose of investments is, hey, I just want to get the highest return possible and make as much money as possible. And that's fine. But I think that misses the point if you have different goals at different time periods. So if, if I have a client who's going to buy a house a year from now or six months from now, the way I'm going to invest those funds in preparation for them to buy that house is very different than if we're just saving 20 years down the road for retirement. And so we want to make sure that the investments in the way that we're investing for a client matches when those funds will be used and the purpose for which they'll be used and the risk that a client is willing to take on whether or not they can actually meet that goal. If it's something that they really want to happen in their life and they want to make sure that it's going to happen, uh, we're going to 
invest differently for that than if it's something where they're like, well, this is kind of an extra. And if I can make it happen, great. And if not, that's okay too. Uh, and I'm willing to take a little more risk on my investments uh, in, in the hopes that this could occur. But if, you know, if it doesn't happen, that's fine. So we're going to make sure that the investments are done in such a way that they align with the goals. So we always start with the big picture, what a client's trying to accomplish, what the key goals are, and everything else that follows, whether that's tax strategies or investments, insurance, et cetera, is all built around those goals. You know, I love that. I think one of the ways to tie the investments and the taxes together is I know Jeff, you and I and Hiram have spent a lot of time thinking about what type of accounts do we invest different assets in, in order to maximize the after-tax returns of our clients. And so thinking about what, you know, should we put things in a Roth account versus a, a traditional or a pre-tax type of account versus a taxable account? And what does that look like? What are the factors that we should be considering uh, in deciding what type of account we should be putting these things in? Then I think that there's a lot of overlay between the investments and the taxes so that we're investing in a way that says tax efficient as we possibly can too. So another key aspect of the comprehensive plan is insurance. Uh, Benjamin, maybe you can talk a little bit about the importance of insurance in a financial plan. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of diving into insurance because that's what provides the peace of mind. A lot of the peace of mind and making sure that if the unfortunate happens, we're, we're ready to go. We're prepared. You know, I, an example is I, I've talked to my neighbor recently, uh, cause I've seen a repair truck outside his house the last couple of days. And so I asked, I said, Hey, is, did something happen? Is everything okay? And he said, well, I had some, some plumbing issues that ended up flooding part of my house. And so, you know, fortunately I've got homeowner's insurance that's going to cover this. And so, uh, he's grateful that because he's got adequate insurance, he doesn't have to worry about that, that things are being taken care of in his home. Not, not a fun thing. It's still an inconvenience, but it's nice that it's being properly covered. So that, you know, as we look at insurance, we don't sell insurance, but we want to make sure that people are adequately covered. And so what we're looking at is, you know, if we can look at somebody's homeowner's policy, we want to make sure, are, do they have the adequate coverage? If they're living here in Utah, especially along the Wasatch Fault, are, have they considered earthquake insurance? Is there is there a, a, an important place for that? What is that risk of an earthquake that they need to be considering in their homeowner's coverage? Uh, on the auto, are they are they adequately insured? Should they be considering uh, what liability levels do they need to make sure that they are protected against uh, potential lawsuits or or damages? You know, if if an unfortunate tragic accident were to happen and they, and they were responsible for this, are they going to be in an okay spot for that? One of the stories that I, I share with my students is about a friend of mine from college when she was a, a teenager. Uh, when she was about 16 or 17, she was taking some balloons to a friend uh, to celebrate the birthday. And so another teenage driver was driving the car. One of the balloons popped and the driver swerved in oncoming traffic uh, and was involved in a head-on collision. And my friend has been in an, uh, a wheelchair for the rest of her life. And so when we think about auto insurance, we have to think about what are the worst case scenarios that we need to be prepared for if we were at fault uh, you know, to to certainly was not intending for any sort of an accident to happen, but now she's liable for this medical care for the rest of her life. And so thinking about and being ready for those type, types of tragedies is why looking at our homeowners coverage and our auto coverage is going to be so important, especially in making sure that that liability protection is adequate enough to prepare for any sort of a, a catastrophic event. 
And if not, then putting umbrella insurance on top of this, of making sure that we have liability protection above and beyond what we may have on our home and our auto. Um, so looking at property casually overall, I think is is really important. Another aspect is diving into life insurance, making sure that as we started this conversation, making sure that we have proper coverage and what type of coverage that is. So if there's a, a need to cover income in case we lose a, an income earner in a family, then then how long do we need to make sure that we have this term of coverage for? And is there a place for permanent life insurance? If so, what might that be? Is uh, Are we going to have estate tax issues that we need to make sure that we're prepared for? Do we have liquidity events at some point at or, or near death that we'd want to make sure that we're, we're ready for and that, that permanent life insurance can be a great way to provide that liquidity if that's ever needed? And then also looking at disability coverage to make sure that, you know, as we've talked about in other episodes, making sure that if we are disabled, which is more likely to happen than a premature death, making sure that we're ready for that and that that we don't have to drastically change our life from a financial aspect because we've got coverage in case of a, a disability as well. So these are all sorts of things that we want to look at and that we see as part of a comprehensive financial plan, just because we want to make sure that people are ready for the unfortunate. I, I, I often say we want to plan for the worst and hope for the best. We certainly hope that nothing devastating happens, but we want to be ready in case it does. And so I often I, I find myself saying, hey, we're, we're planning for the worst and we're hoping for the best. And, and that's what I see a, a financial plan being a part of. Thank you. I think insurance is such a key part. It sets the foundation so that you can take risk in your other investments. You know that you have the catastrophic things covered and you're prepared for what might happen there. And then you can build wealth on top of that foundation. Another aspect is the estate plan. Uh, you know, we had an episode with Stanford McCall the other day talking about estate planning, and we don't draft an estate plan for our clients. We work closely with the estate planner to make sure that the, our clients have one we think is a key piece of the comprehensive financial plan and that they're prepared and have made their wishes known for if you know, if and when they pass away, which we all will, that, that the assets are handled in the way that they want them to be and, and putting that in place. And when you get an estate plan with a trust and whatever else, it may be a lot of documents, many pages worth of documents. And we help put all of that into an easily accessible format inside of our software that allows you to see a a very clear flow chart about how everything will flow if and when you pass away and your spouse passes away, uh, where those assets will flow, how much you'll pay in taxes at that time. Uh, and because it's not just estate taxes you might pay, but any the, any money that you've saved in a pre-tax account, uh, when you pass away, that will be taxed to your heirs, et cetera. And so we'll help show you all the impact on your assets when you pass away as part of our estate planning service and as part of your comprehensive financial plan, which can be very helpful to make decisions now, knowing what the outcome may look like uh, later uh, as part of your comprehensive financial plan. You know, as I'm thinking about estate planning, Jeff, I, one of the things that comes to mind is that when I teach my class in the in the fall, around November, shortly before Thanksgiving, I, I somewhat joking, but not completely, I'll tell my students that, hey, you should really seize the opportunity when everybody's gathered together for Thanksgiving, that this is the estate planning holiday. This is the time when everybody's together to make sure that we're on the same page. If people don't have documents in place, it's a great place just to remind them, hey, we are so glad that you're in our family. Do you have your documents in place? Are things <laughs> ready to go? So while everybody's together, I, I can't tell you the number of times that, again, I, I geek out over these things, but 
it's a chance for for me and, and in our own, in my own family that we've been able to take advantage of of the Thanksgiving holiday is a reminder of a chance to just say, hey, here's a chance for us just to make sure our our things in place, our things ready to go. So that was one thought I want to share. The other one is you mentioned the idea of flow charts. I really stress with my students the the value of of putting things into a visual representation because it can be hard in estate planning to think about what's going to happen to my assets when I die. But if we can see things mapped out visually, hey, when when one spouse passes away, this is what's going to happen with each of your assets. It can it can make things a lot more clear if we can see it visually. So I, I'm a huge fan of those flow charts to help illustrate how things will play out when someone passes away. You must have an uncle that's an estate planner, Benjamin, if you're talking about <laughs> The state plans at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I do, but it the big part of it is also like I realize the the challenges that arise when somebody doesn't have a good estate plan in place and then they pass away unexpectedly, that it just becomes very difficult. Post-mortem planning is a lot more difficult than than planning before you pass away. And so I it's it's just I try and <laughs> look out for my family members to say, hey, if we don't have something in place, we want to avoid having those difficult situations after you pass. So please just, just get things in place so that we can make sure that it's easier on all the rest of us who are still here uh, when the inevitable happens. Maybe let's uh, conclude by just talking about some of the benefits, some of the research uh, that's been done to show the benefits that exist from having a comprehensive financial plan, maybe as motivation for those who are listening to go out and put a plan in place. So I know, Benjamin, you've done some research and uh, have written chapters and books and other other research that you've done that outline some of these benefits. And I'll share some as well from the Schwab study, but go ahead. Sure. So going back to my earlier comment that there are both qualitative and quantitative factors involved in, in assessing the value of financial advice and engaging with a financial advisor. So we think about the, the quantitative side first. I, some of that deals with, with greater diversification within a portfolio, including more a, a, ver, a larger variety of asset classes. Uh, one of the ways that I describe that is, is that we're not just trying to we're not just trying to uh, make sure that all our eggs aren't in the same basket, but also that our baskets are in different places and different types of baskets. And that happens when we engage in, in financial planning. Uh, there's also some evidence uh, that others have done that we may have better risk-adjusted performance on a portfolio. So considering the, the riskiness of the investments that we can have a, a better risk-adjusted return. Uh, of course, the, the evidence is mixed and it depends on the facts and circumstances, but at least there's some evidence out there of that. On more of the, well, other quantitative factors that are also involved is more likely to have a, a variety of tax deferred accounts, which can be helpful, particularly Roth IRAs that as we engage in financial planning, more likely to have these, these tax exempt accounts like Roth IRAs or, or Roth type accounts and have more likely to have adequate life insurance coverage. Uh, and so I think all of these things that set you up for the qualitative factors like we said earlier, greater peace of mind, I think is a, is a big one. So this was another one of these examples is research that I, I had assisted with, with one of my professors in graduate school, where he was studying the value of making decisions in light of having a financial advisor. And what we did is we put participants into an fMRI machine and we scanned their brain to see what parts of their brain they're using as they make these financial decisions. And, and, what my professor found it, through this experiment was 
that in, especially in market downturns, individuals with an advisor are a qualified advisor, which they represented in the, in the study we represented with, with the, the CFP certification. And what they found is that individuals who had an advisor that they had selected who had a CFP were less likely to second guess the expertise of the advisor. And so we saw that bear out in down markets. They're less likely to use that part of their brain that's involved in calculating and, and, and comparisons. And, and kind of the, the takeaway was, it seems that there's a greater evidence of peace of mind, especially in those uncertain times when we have an advisor that we can really trust. And, and that trust was re represented through those CFP marks. And so I think having an advisor that you can trust that's knowledgeable, that's competent about the work that they do, helps you just sleep better at night. You can know that you're headed in the right direction and that you can know that if, if circumstances arise that you're just not ready for, there's, there's a plan in place. And so you don't have to worry about what's going to happen. Great. And there are a couple other stats here from this Schwab uh, study. It showed that those who have a written financial plan feel more financially stable than those who don't. And they felt very confident they would reach their financial goals. A higher percentage felt very confident they would reach their financial goals compared to those who didn't have a plan in place. Uh, they were likely to save more and they had some better habits, such as a higher percentage had an emergency fund, a higher percentage were aware of the fees and the investment costs in their overall investments and assets. They were more likely to rebalance their portfolio and they were less likely to carry credit card uh, credit card balance and more likely to make payments on time and not have debt. So lots of great benefits that come from having a financial plan. I think having an advisor who helps put the plan in place and can hold you accountable, hold a person accountable to that plan as you meet on a regular basis and see how you're progressing is a key part of having the plan. And then, you know, it's super important to know that at least in the plans that we put together for clients, we tell them it's a living, breathing plan. It's not a one time and it's done but that it's something that can change over time as your life situation changes, as your goals change, as your desires change. Um, the plan can easily be updated and, and transformed into something completely different. If you'd like, you're not stuck to the plan you originally set out. And that, that's an important thing for anyone who's thinking about creating a plan. So uh, with that, Benjamin, is there any final words you'd like to share before we conclude? I think it's important to note, Jeff, that there is value in both having a financial plan and in having a financial advisor, and those are two separate things. And so maybe that's a good point to make is, uh, you know, some of the thoughts that I was sharing a little earlier focused maybe more on having an advisor. And I love that you highlighted also that there's value of having a plan. And so if we have an advisor, but we're not putting working with that advisor to put together a plan, it might be a good time for us to think about making sure that we have a plan in place, because there's value in that plan as well. So I think it's important, both both sides, both having the plan and engaging an advisor to help us, as you said, Jeff, hold us accountable to accomplish the plan that we have for ourselves. Well, this has been fun. This has been really enjoyable. I love the topic of financial planning and, and really having comprehensive perspective. A comprehensive perspective to financial planning is really valuable and it's fun and engaging. I love geeking out over this. So hopefully this has been valuable for you as well. Thank you for listening. Uh, we invite you uh, to subscribe. If you've liked what you've heard, uh, please tell your friends uh, and tell others about the podcast. And if you've got questions, want to learn more about what we provide and, and what the financial plans look like that we uh, develop for our clients, please feel free to reach out. You can find us on our website, bluebarnwealth.com.
Thanks, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to Your Path to Real Wealth from Blue Barn Wealth. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends and click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and any guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Blue Barn Wealth. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for personalized investment advice. Because everyone's situation is unique, always seek the advice of a qualified financial professional with any questions you may have.